The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to. Shabani, and now the PWC, the Pro Wrestling Coalition, is on the air for the most exciting two hours of professional wrestling podcasting in the world. We're going to put butts in seats and ears to the streets. And now, here are your hosts, Jamie T and A-Track everyone and welcome to the pwc extra right here on the pwc network i'm your host jimmy t and my co-host is once again he's back he's doing the trifecta it's michael davis aka a track black from the pw hustle zone and right here at the pwc network welcome back my friend to the extra i mean you're everywhere with me bro you're my most reliable tag team partner it seems Looks like three has a number because this is my third <laughs> podcast we do in this period of 24 hours. And hey, I'm not even mad about that. And once again, wherever you need me, I'll, I'll be right here and, and save me your ass. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Save my ass. As Jay always said, my boy. <laughs> He's my boy. That disturbs me when JR says that just quietly, but uh, it is what it is. But, as most of you will know, the, the extra is all about the news in the, in the world of professional wrestling. And dude, I can't help but want to start with the Vince McMahon, Pat McAfee podcast. I mean, dude, I, have you caught it yet? Have you actually caught it yet? I, 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 I've been listening to this piece of it here and there. I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but it is interesting to listen to. Oh man, I, I thought it was great. But... It was Thursday's episode of the Pat McAfee Show podcast had WWE Chairman Vincent Kennedy McMahon as the guest. Some of the topics discussed included McMahon revealing that he'll be inducting The Undertaker into WWE's Hall of Fame, his thoughts on WWE's competition in the wrestling industry, his mentality towards releasing talent from the company, and his thoughts on WWE's current deal with the Saudi Arabian government. On the topic of inducting The Undertaker into WWE's Hall of Fame, McMahon stated, Undertaker, of course, is going to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm going to have the distinction of inducting him into the Hall of Fame. It will be one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life. I like the guy. Heck, I love the guy. We've known each other for so many years and have been through all kinds of situations. 
when you live on the road like that, you have your family at home. But when you live on the road, you have to have a family on the road and people you can count on. Rely on that are loyal and trustworthy and not have to look over your shoulder. He's that kind of guy. He's an extraordinary, he's, he's an extraordinary human being and one of the all-time greats in the ring. As a human being, I could talk about the character and it won't bug me at all. In my mind, I'm thinking when I'm inducting him, I know who he is. That's tough when you know someone that close and you care about them so much. It's going to be one of the most difficult things I've ever done. What do you think of that first part of McMahon's statement? Uh, I mean, him inducting Undertaker Hall of Fame, I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer because um, this this is, I mean, in his, his knowledge, his, his brain, he thinks that this is his greatest creation in, in WWE. But me pers- personally, I think it was all Mark Calloway that did make this uh, character what it, what it was. And uh, if it's a man that didn't uh, undertake the Hall of Fame, I, I don't I don't mind it because uh, he did this. He pretty much did the same thing when he uh, during uh, the Survivor Series a couple years ago in the Thunderdome when uh, to retired. So him that in the Hall of Fame, I had no problem with that. I agree, man. As a matter of fact, I think he's the right person to induct Taker in the Hall of Fame, and I look forward to to see how he delivers it. But he goes on the topic of WWE's competition in the wrestling industry. McMahon goes on to say, I'm probably one of the few people in the world that enjoys confrontation. I enjoy confrontation. It's one of those things that revs you up and puts you on your toes to say, what I'm going to do in this split second, I enjoy confrontation. Physical confrontation, that is. I enjoy that. With a background like that and a further background when I was a kid, <laughs> we don't want to hear another bad kid story or anything. My philosophy is, I learned a long time, when I was a kid, I lived through that beating. If you lived through that beating, then I won. What can you do to me in terms of competition and confrontation? I'm not afraid of it. I rally shit. I'm just wired differently than most people. Here Diddy plays a part in it. It's just who you are and who you accept. And and you accept that and accept your weakness and strengths and use them in the best appropriate way i wanted to be everything i could be i grew up in an eight foot wide trailer in a trailer park which is great i didn't know any different it was awesome a step up from where i lived before with no running water it's not one of those things where one day i'm going to have a ton of money you want to be successful there's a better life than where you are you want to reach beyond that people bullshit and say they will do what they do without the money. I would. I know I would. I don't know what's in the bank, and I don't care what's in my bank. Interesting. Uh, I mean, hearing hearing that, uh, for was a man I talk about competition. I mean, he you can tell that he's not even struggling AEW that much. And I mean, just look at let's just him, you know, saying that he's not even worried about the competition. He he relishes the competition. It just proves that he's not even sweating AEW and what the numbers that numbers that AEW putting out on on TNT and TBS. I don't think you should worry about that, especially if you if you watch SmackDown. And it's a different story because NXT was a developmental. It was not the third brand like people have been sucking their sucking the case in their ass about. It was just a developmental. Yeah, you got big you had big stars on that on that show, but uh, NXT wasn't getting it done. But at the end of the day, you know that while uh, 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 bad SO is, or SmackDown for that matter, 
you know that those shows not gonna be uh not uh, not uh be not gonna hey, you know not gonna be in the same numbers as those shows in in that's a couple of years. You know what's funny? I truly believe when he said he doesn't know how much is in his bank account and he doesn't care. That's how fucking rich the motherfucker is, man. I I, I truly believe that statement, man. That that kind of makes me laugh because he's got that much money. Why would he give a fuck what's in his account? Like seriously. True. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, it's it's Richard man. It, he's a he's a different uh, breed of talk when it comes to uh, being a millionaire or billionaire. I don't, I don't know how much it is. It isn't, you know, I, I, don't, I don't care. But this guy is over here. Just he's he's a the fil- filthy most. He's money hungry. That that's for. But at, at the same time, he sometimes he does. He doesn't. He know what he would do with money. At, but at the same time, he does. It doesn't because you know XFL or the WWE movies or films, WWE uh, music, New York, the WWE New York. I mean, he has done. He has spent sit on. Uh, ridiculous things and it doesn't hurt him at, at the end but at the same time you said keep it cool keep it cool when it comes to doing stupid dumps like creating a shit that does not last long in, at, at all and i'm glad you actually said that because he kind of alludes to that about not losing your cool even if you're pissed off just be cool in front of people but he, he, on the topic of his mentality towards releasing talent from the company and viewing them as being dead weight in terms of value mcmahon goes on to say i'm always concerned about what's best for the audience what does the audience want if you have dead weight around around you and you have situations where someone is not cutting it and you have an opportunity for someone else to come in okay that's probably the best thing it's one of the reasons with hogan and a lot of guys who left me at one time and why i brought him back i'll never bring that son of a bitch back when you say stuff like that you're really hurting yourself because you're not thinking about your audience you're not thinking about your product. It's not about you and your ego. Yeah, maybe I felt that way. Maybe I didn't, but it doesn't matter. What's the best thing for business? If the audience wants Hulk, Hulk Hogan back, you bring him back. He, was, he has value that way. It's not personal. It's business. Once I took the company public, public, it helped me be a better businessman because prior to that, I was running the business with my head, but mostly my heart. Um... Yeah, I was running the business with my head, but mostly my heart. These decisions are so damn tough when you do that. You don't know who has kids, someone has cancer in the family, all that is in your head. When you're a public company, you go stock, you go stockholders. It's the business end. You have to make an easier and better business decision. My heart, there is still some of it in there. There is. At the same time, it's business. There's nothing personal about it in terms of whether I like somebody or I don't like someone or whatever. Sometimes athletes, maybe more so in our type of business, are not given the opportunity, or even if they are and it doesn't work, people from all walks of life seldom look themselves in the mirror and say, I'm the guy who fucked up. It's on me. Instead, everyone has a million excuses as to why things didn't work, and generally speaking, the heat has to go someplace, the old blame game, and I'm the bad guy. That's just part of the job. It is what it is. I do like how he admits though track how maybe some guys didn't get that opportunity but shit happens you know what i'm saying it is what it is what's your take uh i think that uh he has a pretty good uh he made great points in this uh in this statement about release records and um like part of me thinks that he he does 
that does give you a certain thing because he the way he he released uh Bray Wyatt and how ugly that 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 was it was a, it, it was pretty damn ugly to the point that he doesn't want nothing to do with him and he will, he will use any chance he get to make money off him despite him not being in the company and if you look at someone like Malachi Black uh, also Black he had a, a pretty good uh blazer with with a man when he got cut and I I think my part of me thinks he he was the one that pretty much gave him the three day not not complete call so so he can go to AEW and get that opportunity that he rightfully deserved. And just some of the wrestlers that he that got cut were that weight. Like I can name a ton of them. Like Gals Danson, it will uh Luce, Luce House Party, Braun Strowman, <laughs> Lana. Hell even the biggest power set right now in 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 Iceland, Nia Jax, that was that that way for sure. She should have been she should have been cut a long time ago. I don't give a fuck away what says. And now she's showing her two cups on social media talking about all like comparing the the match made date to what's going on in, in Ukraine what's up. And that that's bullshit. Like that, that's fucked up too. So I do agree that majority of the rest of the heat they cut have been weight that he had not been doing any or just not not just not, just not good enough to be on a roster at the moment. And so I, I agree with that statement with Mr. Man. Absolutely, man. And look out for like a special tidbit. We I'll, I'll probably add in Vince McMahon's little interview with Pat McAfee at the end of this broadcast. I'll probably add it to the extra because I think people need to hear that, man. I think it's pretty important, you know. So I'll, I wouldn't mind getting it out there. But um, he also goes on about the topic of WWE's current deal with Saudi Arabia for events in the country. McMahon goes on to say, Saudi is no different than any other people. WWE fans all over the world I've known for years. They are fans. We've had a presence there for years. There is no place in the world we don't have a presence. Saudi fans are really enthusiastic, like they are everywhere else. It was an opportunity to play before the audience. People love Western culture all over the world. They don't love our government, but they love Western culture. Our form of entertainment with WWE fits everything. It's larger than life. It fits everything imaginable, like, oh my God, the spectacle of it fits everywhere. We translate it to 40 languages or something like that. Even if it's just English, you get it. You understand. Saudi is no different. People are people. Cultures are cultures. And you have to respect that. Just because we, as Americans, this is the way we should do this. The whole world should be like us. We know the way the way, and, and any other way is not the right way, he says, which surprised me. Come on. Culture has been around for thousands of years, long before us. Interesting that he pretty much said we're not the shit in, in terms of America. You know what I mean? Like, everyone doesn't have to go by the American way of life. But what's your take on that, man? Um, I, I think uh, him saying that he, he doesn't, he's not, he's not really a point in America, in America at, the mo- uh, at, at, at the moment is it's because most people don't really uh, are we uh, fans of WWE in America? You always, you always talk about um, AEW, Impact Wrestling, even New Japan of, of, of America. So them having that uh, national status, whether it be in Saudi Arabia or anywhere in around the world, is important because they don't, they don't, he, they have that. While other Western promoters don't, don't really have that at, right now. 
especially AEW, does, AEW just just started started. So having them go to Saudi Arabia, Arabia every chance they, they get, yeah, it's because of the blood money. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, they have do they do have a uh, uh, diehard fans down there, and you can't you can't really argue with that. Well, I'll just end this little segment of news with just some tidbits, like small tidbits on what he said about other things. Funny enough, Vince arrived in the studio 23 minutes late. How funny is that, right? He said, though, don't do that or you get fired, basically, right? Vince told McAfee to refer to him as Vince, adding that he knows he calls him a lot of other things when he was off the mic. <laughs> That's funny. McAfee said he doesn't do that, but many others do. They were probably watching. <laughs> Vince said he wasn't surprised by his success. McAfee asked if Vince pays attention when people say he's made wrestling better and when others said he's made it what it once was. What, what it once was. Vince says he avoids all of it. He said the media will say what they say and there's nothing you can really do to change about it. I mean, change it. McAfee, McAfee then asked why he doesn't like his product to be described as wrestling. Vince said there was always wrestling and he wanted to separate the company from everybody else. Vince said his father would never have sold him the company had he known what he intended to do with it. Um, which is funny to me. Uh, also, uh, where, where is it? Uh, Vince also brought up the WF name change and said he had no idea what the World Wildlife Fund was and even existed. Vince, Vince revealed about him inducting, you know, undertaking the Hall of Fame. McAfee asked if the Monday Night Wars changed him. McAfee mentioned WCW, TNA, Impact, and AEW, while also mentioning the acquisition of Ring of Honor the night before. Vince said he enjoys confrontation. He said, Vince said, um, sorry, McAfee asked if Vince had dreams as a kid of being wealthy. Vince said no. He spoke about growing up in a trailer park. He said he wanted to be successful and knew that he was, that there was a better life than what he had. Vince said, Vince said there was a time after WrestleMania 4 or 5 when he developed an ego and felt he was somebody, but he said it only lasted about six months. McAfee said that people on the internet assume that Vince has no heart. He asked how difficult it is for him to cut, for him to cut people. Vince said it's always about what's best for business. Um, he said you're hurting yourself when you say that you'll never bring someone back. Vince also said he's okay with being the bad guy. McAfee asked Vince if he's had a favorite moment. Vince spoke about going all in with the first WrestleMania. He recalled the balloon payment system that was used and how he had to make those payments or he would lose his money and the business. Vince spoke about taking the WWF into rival territories. He said the death threats are what they are and said he never had a bodyguard. Vince recalled Jim Ross overhearing promoters talking about who would off Vince while Ross was in a public bathroom. Vince said Ross put his feet up on the toilet seat so that he wouldn't be seen because he didn't want to be an accessory to murder. McAfee, uh, sorry, where am I? McAfee mentioned WrestleMania and the stupendous line. Vince said he loves the branding and the word stupendous. It isn't often used and it makes you wonder what the hell it is. Vince said when you graduate WWE, you know how to treat people and treat them with respect. McAfee asked Vince if he thinks he will live forever. He said no and mentioned that his mother died at the age of 101. He said he wants one second. This was interesting too, Chuck. You should check this out. He said before he dies, he wants one second before he dies to say thank you to everybody, to everybody, which 
kind of surprised me. McAfee then brought up the perception that Vince could sell rather than passing it down to his family. Vince said he wants the company to prosper whether it's someone from the family or someone else running it. Vince said you have to look at family members like other employees and he said there have been some employees he respects even more than his family members. He said he probably expected more out of his own family. And uh, sorry about that. I kind of lost the, the transcript. I've got to go back uh, to that. Where was it? Jesus Christ. Uh, he said he probably expected more out of his family and considered that it's probably not the right thing for family to take over the business, which is weird. Vince offered McAfee a chance to wrestle at WrestleMania. McAfee said it would be a dream. One of the co-hosts asked Vince if it's more difficult to, to, to develop characters and get them over these days. Vince said no. Vince said he listens to the audience, but a portion of the internet audience, that's us, right, can be biased, and so he doesn't listen to any of our shit anyway, right? McAfee added that Vince has pretty much... Man, my phone has gone bonkers. <laughs> it keeps cutting away from my transcript. For God's sake. Uh... Where were we? Vince said if he didn't like what McAfee was doing, then he wouldn't be doing it. Vince said McAfee appeals to the audience. McAfee brought up Michael Cole, where Vince goes on to say he's a horrible human being. And then Vince cracked up laughing. Vince said he gets the chill bumps like everybody else when big moments occur. Vince told a story in which he referenced my wife at the time and then corrected himself and said, sorry, my wife right now, <laughs> which is funny. McAfee recalled Vince blowing out his quads. Vince joked about being a special talent to blow out both quads at the same time, then wrapped up the interview a short time later, and Vince saying he enjoyed it. That's a lot to take in, but what I want to ask you, what do you think of his comments about his family and they possibly might not be the right people to take over after him? I mean, I mean, think, uh, I mean thinking about it, uh, it does. he does... It does make sense that he may not want 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 them to take over after when he dies. Because, uh, I mean, it's a case of point of how what happened with same man. Because with him trying to tie his way to being a a contender in in a WWE championship match and have to be in the final four of the Royal Rumble, that was him abusing his power a, a bit. And we we see was a man abusing his power too. But like, if if Stepping Man would, would be uh, in stores or food race or any anyone in in that family is uh, getting uh, be in charge of WWE when he when he passes away, I think they will probably use their power a lot more than Vince did. I mean, yeah. that's, I think that's what a Vince Man Vince Man is afraid of. So I want I don't mind him saying that he he's skeptical of passing down any of his family members or Rabbi Stephanie. Uh, Paul, um, or even his wife, Linda. I agree, man. But it sort of tells you that some of the rumors were actually true about him and his family. But anyway, let's move on to Cody Rhodes' track. Cody Roy, oh, apparently, God. yeah, here we go. Apparently, Cody Rhodes' talks with WWE fizzled out, potential return to AEW. But in an update to that, Cody's still expected to join WWE. Dave Meltzer reported on the F4W board that his sources stated that Cody Rhodes is still expected to sign a deal with WWE. Those same sources stated that nothing has changed between the two sides as of two days ago. But Ringside News reported that one source spoken to 
Within WWE's creative team confirmed that Rhodes is still expected to be joining the company. This same source also stated that WWE officials currently have Rhodes scheduled to make an appearance at their upcoming WrestleMania 38 event. This source stated, I know what's scheduled for Cody for Mania and that he's still on the list. If it's changed, no one has told us yet or corrected the internal documents. Cody, as of an hour ago, is still on internal documents for WrestleMania. As noted before, Cody Rhodes departed from AEW this past February and was rumored to potentially be returning to WWE. Bodyslam.net Cassidy Hayes reported that some sources confirmed that Brandy and Cody departures from AEW excuse me, was very much real life and was not at work. These same sources also stated that Rhodes talks with WWE regarding his potential return to the company recently fizzled out. One source spoken to stated that there is some hope within, w within AEW that Rhodes can be brought back into the company. This same source stated that Tony Khan's recent purchase of Ring of Honor could open the possibility of the idea of Rhodes returning to a new backstage role involving the ROH acquisition. What do you think of all this track? Is he going to WWE? Is he really staying put in AEW? Is he going to run Ring of Honor? What the fuck is going on here, bro? I mean, I mean, like, like, like I said on on the, the last Atro Black experience I did on on the PBS zone. Um, I, I, I mean, the I like if Koi was go, does go back to WWE, then it was all will, all it was all a suit. But if it does, he would go back to AEW and any shape or form. This whole thing was a work. Oh, and they, they want to say that oh. I know they they saying oh uh me, us going us leaving the area was was real it was no no work yeah whatever but if we they they they, they, they do go go back to AEW then it will be the biggest work that T, TK and Cody have ever done but um I don't if he doesn't go to WWE I'm think I don't think it'll be a big that big of a deal I just think he's gonna be right where he was before he left he's not gonna be this big star like he was in AEW or New Japan. Or even ring one for that matter, and it was like it's just gonna be right where he was before. And it was like, I don't know, man. This is I'm not gonna get hyped for a Cody Rhodes return in AEW. Uh, I, mean, I mean, in WWE or AEW. But um, I just think that the whole thing is we 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 gotta see if it's all work or soon wherever he goes. It was in WWE and it was, it was real. If you go back to the AEW, then then it was all fake all along. It was just him playing, playing the the, the fans, playing the Mark Taurus, uh, and just playing like a fiddle. Well, if it was all the work, he, he he's stupid, man. If he comes back, like it was me, Khan, it was me all along with Ring of Honor, right? Just say, uh, everyone will just roll their eyes, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, Cody, you fooled us all. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of Khan, though. As noted earlier, or well, just now, AEW CEO Tony Khan recently announced that he had purchased Ring of Honor from ROH parent company Sinclair's Broadcast Group. PW Insider's Mike Johnson reported that one Ring of Honor source spoken to stated that an agreement for Khan's purchase of the company was finalized as late as around 6 p.m. Eastern this past Wednesday. Those spoken to within, within ROH stated that ROH officials had been working on production plans for their upcoming Ring of Honor TV show and events throughout that day until word of talks of a potential purchase began making rounds backstage. 
Those spoken to within AEW stated that only a few people had been aware of Cunt's talks and believed it to be done deal well before this past Wednesday. In regards to ROH's recent announcements for their upcoming Supercard of Honor event, ROH TV taping in Philadelphia, Johnson reported that, th that those were made independent of AEW's side and were put into motion before the sale of the company was announced. Johnson reported that it's currently not known if those events will still be taking place as, origi as originally envisioned by ROH. WB reportedly had been interested in the idea of purchasing Ring of Honor following the announcement of the company entertaining a hiatus period late last year. Talks between the two sides reportedly took place this past December, but fell apart for some unknown reason. Several sources within WB stated that they were legitimately shocked when they learned of Khan's purchase of Ring of Honor, since they had believed his major announcement was going to be a new streaming deal with HBO Max. One source spoken to within ROH described the sale of the company as being bittersweet due to feeling that this was the right thing to do for Ring of Honor's long-term viability, but a lot of people who truly loved wrestling for the company were extremely saddened to see this chapter end. What do you make of all this? Are we going to have Ring of Honor, you know, come rising like a phoenix back from the dead? Is TK going to keep this company running as a separate organization or... Is he just going to put it to bed and he's going to just put up all that, you know, video library up? If I, if I was TK, I would just keep a ring more as a, as a company. Like I heard rumblings of, of, of it having Ron being a developmental, uh, like, uh, having, uh, like, just like WWE uh, has a team, but like, I know that, that how true that is, but um, having Ring Warren be his, his own company it would be better better off than just just let's put it on put it on on itself. Like always, always thought the whole the partnership between Ring Warren and Impact was a better fit than having T T K buying Ring Warren. But I mean, there's that that's just the way that that's the way they want to go. They're cool. But um, with with the with the him with them having the real library, it's interesting where they gonna go. Cause I heard rumors that they gotta go to if you're a max, and that that's the case, then that that's cool on my part because I I have if you're a max, so be that'll be awesome if they do have that on on uh on that on that uh that app because I always been a fan of the early, early years of Ring Warner, especially the years of like 2016 where they had guys like Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, Adam Cole, Matt Hardy, so. It'd be cool to see how those things, see those uh previews and those shows back on, on any archives and and also they got they got have out, I mean all, all, all in, so that pretty much the precursor of AEW, but if they gotta have that that on HBO Max or any other streaming streaming servers, I suggest you, you take away a certain dick wrestler named Joy Wine. Ugh. why is he even signed, bro? He, he not signed. He he was he would wrestle for uh for them before AEW was even think. Yeah, but as soon as I heard about about the whole speaking out uh nonsense, they had no they they just stopped talking to him uh completely. He's not on the BTA anymore. He's not on any other West of Robin AEW wrestlers. So if if, they, if TK was so defensive when it came came down to certain wrestlers having a show 
a restaurant on the show with Dory Wine on it, I suggest you just take away, just cut off all that shit, the whole, the Dick Drew having Dory Wine out, out there attacking uh, Adam Pace. Just take away, take away all that shit. Just pretend it never happened. <laughs> if you really, if you really are that uh, sketchy about Dory Wine and that amount of anything, um, all in all related. Yeah, I agree, man, 100%. I mean, that, that HBO rumor, the HBO Max deal, I mean, that rumor started on Wednesday, like right before that big announcement on Dynamite. And boy, did TK look a little bit excited. Right? Track, right? <laughs> his eyes were <laughs> fucking popping out of his head, man. But uh, he's a Mark Tart, a happy Mark Tart. He's got fucking money. I mean, all he has to do is just go to daddy. Daddy Khan. And said, Papa, I need 40 million for Ring of Honor. Apparently, that's what he paid. That's the rumor. I don't know if that's true or not. I think he probably paid around 20 mil. But I don't know. Because they're a private company, we probably will never get the real answer. But it is what it is. But uh, anyway, we move on to more WWE news. Another high level WWE executive apparently was recently released. WWE reportedly recently released another high-level executive from the company, according to PW Insider. Mike Johnson reported that WWE's manager of global talent strategy and, develop, and development, Lizette Pineda, was recently let go by the company. Johnson reported that those spoken to stated that Pineda had worked extremely close to Paul Triple H Levesque in a role described as Levesque's top executive assistant. Several sources stated that they felt it was only a matter of time before she was let go due to Levesque still has yet to return to work full-time since suffering a heart-related issue. Panetta's role within the company reportedly was stated to limit at best without him around. Johnson reported that Panetta's exit from the company also recently sparked talks within the company over if Levesque would ever be returning back to his old job. Many people who used to be in constant contact with him reportedly haven't spoken to him in some time and there's been no indication of when he might be able to return. Prior to, prior to her departure, Panetta had been with WWE since January of 2020. I think this Triple H shit is getting way blown out of proportion. I think he's still working behind the scenes, we just don't know it, because not, not even two months after the so-called heart surgery that he had, uh, he was walking around WWE headquarters, the new one that they were about to build, with Vince McMahon and all these other executives, and there's video footage of that. I mean, if he was already walking around, why would people expect him not to be working? I, I just think he's still working. I don't think this shit is as bad as people think. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal either. I mean, he, he we, we know Tupé is working behind, behind the scenes in some, some capacity. We just don't know if he had anything to do with NT 2.0 at the moment, because right now NT 2.0 is it, it, that's not a true base ideal. I mean, the way I see it, it's not really that a uh, true base ideal, especially if you have all the all the films just 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 saying fuck you to NT Black and Gold and bringing all the, all the the rainbow bright bullshit and that is NT 2.0. But um, I think he is still working backstage and. In some way, perform, and people are just making a big deal about it. It's like they make everything a big deal, uh, in in, in country wrestling. 
So, I mean, I don't know what 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 the, what the next week is. I mean, I, I, we, we know for sure that we're probably not going to wrestle again. It was hard. And I think that would be a smart way to go because you don't want to – you don't want to take any chances of going out there and wrestling at least one, one more match, especially if we had a car event. Yeah, no doubt, man. Well, still on WWE news, current WrestleMania 38 plans for Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns and status of several talent for the event. This past Friday's SmackDown, I'm talking about last week's SmackDown, um, featured the official announcement of the Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns match at WrestleMania 38 will now be held as a title unification match. Good old Uncle Dave Meltzer reported in a recent episode of the Wrestling Observer Radio that he sources stated that WWE currently does not have any long-term plans to only have a single top championship in the company. Those same sources stated that WWE is currently planning to have a unified top champion for a very short-term period and then will introduce a new major top title similar, to, similar in idea to how they handled the debut of the WWE World Heavyweight Championship in 2002. In regards to the reason given for not having a single top champion for for the long term, Meltzer stated, I was told that it is not feasible in the modern environment to not have each brand given the two networks have a champion. So they would be a unification match and then they will not forget about it, but there will be two champions. In regards to the status of certain talents for WWE's WrestleMania 38 event, PW Insider's Mike Johnson reported that his sources stated that the company currently does not have any plans for Alexa Bliss to compete at the event, Johnson reported that Bailey is currently planned to only make a return after the event. Johnson reported that Asuka is currently ready to make a return, but will only do so once creative plans are in place either for the event or after the event. What's going on here, Track? Well, I'm, I mean, it's good to see. It's good to hear that uh, Asuka is clear to wrestle after being gone going for a hot minute um the way that they just massacre oscar when someone once he met went on the main roster is just it, it's ridiculous man i, I mean i always i've been a fan of her ever since she came, came to nft i have watched a little bit of her stuff uh as kana and it's a pan and she has been one of my favorites ever since. um unless it was awesome as kana bro main card. <laughs> yeah that, that definitely uh bliss uh not be on the card with me uh is a, it's a bit disappointing because she just came back having her, her first match and and eliminate eliminate and and we also have see, see a lot of people in the Columbus hoping to see her in, uh, like live, but see what was on the card, and see see she was also the person that going went on to me and said, oh well you know give it time you know like you know how like think to give it time. And all of a sudden, now on TV, ever after Eliminate Chamber, and it's not even part of her hometown in Columbus. And now that tweet is firing in the ass. <laughs> and as for Bailey, um, part of me is excited to see her back in in the in WWE. Um, part of me wants to see her back at the baby face, and still still had her that had that persona of her when she first as as a heel. You know, keep the the sword hair, keep the the gear she has. That says come back as a as a as a babyface, like he can you can be uh, that kind of character that you can have that character and still be a ba- uh, be a babyface and get over the crowd, because I don't think that the whole hugger gimmick could be could be as over as her heel gimmick that she had before she got hurt. So 
your best bet is just have her come back as the same Bailey she was before she got hurt, but make it into a bay face. I agree with that 100%, man. But we move on to AEW news once again. And this is a Tony Khan's media call about Cody Rhodes, Jeff Hardy, Cesaro interest, trios, titles, and main event match. AEW CEO Tony Khan held a media call on Wednesday to promote this Sunday's Revolution 22 event. Some of the topics discussed included his thoughts on Cody Rhodes' recent departure from the company, if he's interested in signing Jeff Hardy, the potential for a trios championship in AEW in the future, if he's interested in signing Claudio Costagnoli, a.k.a. Cesaro, and the main event match planned for AEW's Revolution 2022 event. On the topic of Cody Rhodes' recent departure from AEW, Khan praised both Brandy and Cody for their hard work during their time in the company. Khan also gave his reasons for why he did not exercise the option year in Cody's contract. He goes on to say, It was very sad to see Cody and Brandy leave AEW, and I've gotten asked about it a number of times, and I haven't said much, but what I do have to say is positive, and I really appreciate both of them and what they did for us as we got started and through the growth of the company, and I'm wishing them nothing but the best. I don't want to get too deep into it because a lot of this is personal between me and him, but I tried to reach a longer agreement with him beyond what we had for the option years, and it sounded like at one point we were going to, we were going to honestly, and when we couldn't settle on it, the last thing I wanted to do is keep somebody here that isn't going to want to be here. It didn't look like we were going to get a longer deal done, and I would have loved to have done it, and I have a lot of respect for him, but when we didn't come to terms on that, it made it pretty clear where we were going to end up on things. That being said, I've said nothing but respect stuff about Cody, and I'll continue to. On the topic of if he's interested in the idea of signing Jeff Hardy to a contract with the company, Khan states, I don't think anybody should consider it a foregone conclusion. I do really like Jeff a lot. He's still obligated to another company for at least several more days. At some point when Jeff is free and clear, I would love to have Jeff in AEW. Jeff is a friend of mine. I really like him very much and I think the world of him and have a lot of respect for him as a wrestler and he's also a very nice person. I think he would fit in very well in AEW and we would love to have him potentially. On the topic of a potential for a trio's championship to be introduced in AEW in the future, Khan stated, It's something there is a lot of interest in. I've seen that. We have a lot of great trios here. I'm very interested in it. I'll be 100% honest. This is the most blunt answer I can give. I'm much more receptive to doing it when Kenny Omega is back because I think that is going to happen. When Kenny Omega is back, the trios division is that much stronger. We could do great tournament now and have great trios division, but he would make it that much stronger. And I have so much respect for him. And he was such a great champion for us. And we could have by far the best trios division that anybody could put together with how strong our roster is and how many trios are already together and have experience working together. And I would love for Kenny to be a part of it. He goes on to say on the topic of Claudio Costagnoli, former Cesaro in WWE, I do like him a lot, and I have to say, I met him many years ago, and he's a real gentleman. I have a ton of respect for him as a pro wrestler, as a pro wrestler and think he's a great athlete, a phenomenal athlete. His strengths are tip-top, very few peers in the power department. Also, mentally, he puts great matches together, has great psychology, just a great, ga- just a great guy. It's always something I would be open to. And last but not least... On the topic of a match order for AEW's Revolution 22 event, Khan stated that while he considers Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker for the AEW Women's Championship 
to be one of the biggest matches of for the show. And being main event worthy, the AEW Championship match between Adam Cole and Hangman Page will be 100% closing out the show. That's a lot to take in, man. What would you get from all this? I mean, what do you think of him talking about Cody? What do you think of the trios thing? And is Kenny Omega much more of an executive than we're led to believe? Well, and the whole point was racing. Like, 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 like I said, um, I think if he does go back to AEW, then it might this might whole thing might be work. If he go to the uh, go to the WWE, it might be all all real. And it's, it's it, I, don't, I mean, the rumor has it they had him and Tony Khan had a falling out before uh, he they he, he left. I don't know how true that is, but they did have a falling out because of Cody would have more money money than. I mean, I believe it because Cody Wills think he's he bigger than bigger than the brand, which he's not. But um, going to talk, talking about the trio titles, um, me me and Jago actually messing about uh about how they stick part of bringing trio titles when me and him were on the Destino episode back in August uh, 2020, and they had that's when they had a pretty uh a, a lot of a handful of trios in AAW. Now they just they, they keep on building up the trios in AEW. They have guys like the the, the elite, uh, the uh, the Bar- Paragon, Bob Fish and Alcohol, Bob Fish Alcohol and Kyle Wiley. <laughs> you had the best. You got the best friends. You got Team Taz. You got um, the, the triangle, circle, the death triangle. The triangle. You got, you got all, all these, all these trios in AEW and. It, it, at this point, you might as well bring in trio titles, but again, if you don't really think about it, they already have trio titles, and you are world six-man titles. Yes, that's so, right. Actually, actually, you bring up a great point. That's a great point. As a matter of fact, I can see that just being a Ring of Honor thing, and maybe we get everybody from freaking AEW, you know, joining in the tournament in Ring of Honor to to have new trios champions, right? Yeah, because because you have uh, a couple. Oh, I, I can't name a few uh, trios for I can't be perfect for that that tournament. Uh, one of them is uh, Saint Saint Taylor and uh, the Sons of Savagery. Those yeah. were the the former six man tag champions. The Kingdom that, uh, over there. Yeah, the King the Kingdom, uh, the OGK, or uh, whatever. Um, yeah. Um, who else? Um, you could have uh, Danhausen. Orange Cassidy and some other dweeb, be, you know, someone from the best friends going for it. I mean, hey, why not, right? Fuck. You got Sting, Darby Allen, and fucking, um, oh, who was their partner again? I forgot. And Sammy Guevara. You got the inner circle, even, if you wanted to. I mean, you can, you can even bring in uh, Woods and uh, Dirk Lee and uh, Adrani. Yeah. Heck, bring in Los Ingobernables de Japón as well and de Mexico with trios, man. I mean, there's trios everywhere, man. You're spot on, dude. Yeah, the possibility of end is over So they do bring in a trio title. And I I, I want to mind it, but hopefully they did they, they treat it, they book it properly because most of the time we have trio titles in any promotion that's not Mexico, they fuck up. Yeah. So hopefully they... they, they they uh, do the trio titles injustice, AW. Absolutely, bro. 
But still sticking with Tony Khan and his purchase of Ring of Honor and current plans for Ring of Honor going forward, as noted before, Wednesday's episode of AEW Dynamite featured a major announcement from AEW CEO Tony Khan. The announcement was revealed to be Khan's officially purchasing Ring of Honor from Sinclair Broadcast Group. Fightful Select reported that their sources stated that prior to Khan's official purchase, there have been multiple overtures made towards Ring of Honor since 2020 regarding a, poten uh, regarding a potential purchase of the company. One source spoken to st stated that recently another offer came and Joe Coff and Sinclair wanted to go in that direction. It was reported that chatter within the wrestling industry of Ring of Honor's imminent sale picked up a lot this past Tuesday night following high-level WWE officials learning of Ring of Honor's sales situation. Many within WWE reportedly had been under the impression that Khan was purchasing a tape library from a Japanese promotion that was not New Japan Pro Wrestling. In regards to talent who have been booked for Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor event this April, it was reported that they were not informed beforehand of Ring of Honor being sold. Those talents reportedly learned of the news <clears throat> at the same time as everyone else who watched last night's AEW Dynamite show. Prior to Khan's announcement, those spoken to within Ring of Honor stated that they were confident that some AEW talent would be available for bookings to help fill out the remainder of the card for the upcoming Supercard of Honor event. <clears throat> In regards to Ring of Honor TV, it is reported that it is currently not known if Khan's deal to purchase a company included the show staying on Sinclair Television syndication. In regards to current Ring of Honor Women's World Champion and Impact Wrestling talent, Diana Perrazzo, it was reported that it is currently not known if, if her status for Ring of Honor's upcoming event has been affected by Ring of Honor's recent purchase. In regard to AEW's plans for ROH going forward, Bodyslam.net's Cassidy Hayes reported that his sources stated that AEW officials are currently planning for Ring of Honor to be run as a developmental system of sorts for the company. Haynes reported that these plans also include for main roster AEW talent to make an occasional appearance in the Ring of Honor brand. Haynes also reported that he has not yet confirmed nor deny the recent rumors of Khan's purchase of Ring of Honor was for somewhere in the range of $30 to $40 million. What do you think of that? Are we going to get Ring of Honor as a company still? I know I asked you that before, but do you think we're definitely going to get that? I think I think we 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 still have have that happen. Uh, Ring of Honor, like they always had their show Supercar Honor happening in West Michigan, and they always have some pretty big matches happening, including the the title for the time match between Bandito and uh, John Gresham. Um, I think I think the right way to go is just how these this company still exists, and you want to make it you want to make it an development of a company go right ahead, or you can just have like a, have, it, have it be like, Wall SmackDown, have AW be the uh the, the A brand and want to be the, the B brand, and later down the road you can have your battle of the belts and have some the Ring World champions face off against AW champions. Make make you can have some. Some pretty good uh, masses against some pretty good AW versus Ring uh, masses down the road. You can have Ring stars appear at AW TV and vice versa. So, if I was Tony Khan, I think it's, it's the right way, right move to just keep Ring as, as a company. Absolutely. And I wanted to state, and I forgot to mention earlier about, you know, if they end up doing like an AW network or whatever. I don't know if people realize, especially in the States, but they've pretty much already got a streaming service in Fight TV. 
like I'm subscribed obviously to Fight TV because that's how I access all the weekly shows, you know, from Rampage to Dynamite. And the pay-per-views are also on there. And the thing is, you've got every event from the first day. And I've been a subscriber to AEW Plus, that's what it's called, since the first day AEW like started, really, you know what I mean? More particularly, since Dynamite, you know, debuted in, back in October of 2019. And, uh, man, you can, you've got access to all their shows that have been on so far. So, in many ways, there's already a streaming service for AEW, and uh, it's called AEW Plus on Fight TV. And, and, I, and but no, I'm talking kind of, they probably got, they probably, well, he probably wants to be, have uh, the cloud in a bigger uh, light. And if they, if they want to, I don't, I don't see, I don't see any big, I don't see any bigger streaming service out there is Max. So if they do bring in, um, uh, they have the the real library of Ring Warner. I mean, your best brother just bring it put it on uh, Max because you gotta have more eyes on uh You got more eyes on Ring Warner. You put on uh Max. Absolutely. Well, check. Let's move on to Impact Wrestling news. Apparently, Dilo Brown Dilo Brown replaced on the Impact commentary team. Dilo Brown will no longer be on the Impact commentary 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 team. Excuse me going forward and will be replaced by Matthew Rewalt, formerly known as Aiden English in WWE. What the fuck? PW Insider says that the decision was not a slight at Brown and Impact was always happy with him, but Brown also works behind the scenes in talent relations and as a producer, with Impact returning to the road and doing live commentary, being at the commentary table all night meant that he wasn't available for his other duties. Previously, a lot of commentary would be done after the show as opposed to live that's weird brown was recently ridden off tv by being attacked by the by the honor no more stable and was replaced by rewalt in january tom hanny uh, fan formerly tom phillips replaced matt strike as the head play-by-play man for impact wrestling there's really not much to it other than he needs to do more work in the back i guess what do you how do you feel about aiden english Replacing D'Lo Brown in commentary of Impact Wrestling. Are we? Can we hear him say, "Impact Wrestling"? Yeah. <laughs> I know that was bad, but fuck. I, I would never a fan of English uh, as a wrestler or as as a commentator. I mean, I, the fact that he was on commentary for Two Five Live since he got cut was just, it, it. It was it was dumb. It was just like, I mean. He he's no he's a, he's can't hack it as a wrestler, so he got go on commentary and talk his ass off because he like he like hearing talk. And the only reason why he's he, he's still and still he's still relevant. The only reason why he's still relevant because he's staying he, he's married to a, a Guerrero. That's mm. it. That's and true. And that and and the fact that he's still relevant in the wrestling scene is is laughable. But he wasn't that good anyway. I always thought that Simon God uh would have more potential than. Uh, as, as a wrestler, and he's still out. Simon Simon got still still out there wrestling. He's he's on MLW. He was part of both most popular groups in a uh, in uh, in MLW country unit. So Simon got to doing his thing. Meanwhile, uh, in English is all jumping around from a uh, from Ring Warner to New Japan to Impact, just being a motor mouth trying to just. People can't 
people can't stand. I don't stay. I can't stand him as a commentator, and I think he says a motor mouth. It's just like it's like hearing himself talk. <laughs> yeah, I agree, man. I actually agree. And before we round off the show, just a quick tidbit: WWE terminates its broadcast partnership and shuts down WWE Network in Russia. Is it fair on the people of Russia? They probably don't want war, but they're the collateral damage here in many ways. <laughs> what do you think of this? I, I, I think it's it's it's, it's dumb. Right? Like, I mean, what's what's uh, our assholes for for doing what they they doing it down in Ukraine? But that doesn't mean punish the people in and what's uh they're not even doing anything because. There's there's other there's people in Russia that are that are trying to stop the, these assholes from doing a, a World War Three, and it's just I, I mean I I am not gonna get into political uh, stuff right now because I it's just, it's just it's, it sucks that Russia is doing it to Ukraine, and and the, the, just because there was out there at out there in the Russian world that trying to make just try to go out there and wrestle doesn't mean you get to get get them set for because i'm hearing heard some people on on the impact uh wrestling group on facebook talking about oh are they gonna try to change uh uh monster slammer's gimmick because monster slammer is she's uh uh she's known as the western nightmare i mean no the right. western dynamite um and people think oh they got exchanged the game because he wasn't no What's a monster slime that had nothing to do with, with, with what's going on in Russia and in, in Ukraine? She's a wrestler and she does, she's, she's, she's a wrestler from Russia, yeah. But that's just she has something to do with the war, the uh, Ukraine incident. She doesn't, that, that doesn't mean she's opposed or in favor of it. So, just because she was doesn't mean give her support. So, it, it is what it is. This, this whole thing is getting out, out of control. And hope thing, I hope it ends uh, soon because I'm tired of hearing about it. Well, speaking of people's opinions, in particular wrestlers, did you, did you hear Nia Jax's opinion on Russia or read her opinion? And because of her opinion, apparently Becky Lynch has stopped following her. <laughs> what do you think of that? Uh, I say good for Becky Lynch because Nia Jax has been best lately. Ever since he got fired from the she's she, she been in bed and... This is this is add to add to her resume of, of being a human being, cause like, why would you compare uh compare this to COVID or uh, the mass bad mandate, like, it is it's dumb. Um, I I know like I tried like night attacks for uh, for a while now, but she just made me makes me more and more of a of a, a put fan not. Not, not to, not like her. And I'm a fan of just hating her, her fucking, fucking guts. <laughs> like, and like she called out people for using fake, uh, COVID testing card, fake vaccination cards, and like good for her for doing that. But at the same time, you comparing a potential World War Three to a mass man, mass mandate, like fuck all this. I mean, I, I'm glad he got fired. And you, you would never in the first place. The only reason why you're in WWE for so fucking long. Because of what what kind of what family you of Samoan dynasty and who you represent you who you represent so please fuck off you fat bitch <laughs> I, 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 I mean I just can't I can't stand that Jax she can just fuck off it uh, just fuck off you fucking fat bitch don't kill us fans all right I mean listeners whoever is fucking we're not fat shaming bitch she's a fat bitch just be honest 
She's got a fat mouth too. But anyway, <laughs> in saying that, I think that's going to end the show, man. Please track. Tell them where they can find you, my man. Well, you can find me on uh, Twitter at MagicRaisiness. You can find me on Instagram at MagicRaisiness.com too. And you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, the PW Hustle Zone. And, of course, catch, catch me on here on the PWC Network. And you never know what show I'm on. I'm going to be on. Talk about AEW, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, you, you name it. I'm, I'm everywhere. And the, the PWC is everywhere. And we keep on moving the needle here in the, in the podcasting world. Absolutely, we do. And uh, in saying that, please like and subscribe at the pwcnetwork.bobbean.com. Also, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at the PWC Network and also at DJ Mass Effects. In saying that, I'm Jimmy T. He's Michael Davis, aka Track Black, and you've been listening to the PWC Extra right here on the PWC Network. Peace. See ya. PWC Network, what the world is watching and listening to.